Hello and welcome to Bible Truth Feed. Another Bible Q&A for you now. This one is quite a lengthy title which we've condensed down to read Why didn't King David punish his son Amnon for the sin against Tamar? Now the question is elaborated upon uh, by our speaker, Brother Barnaby Harrison, who gives the the question in full uh, and then goes on to answer it. It is an interesting conundrum, isn't it? In all things, David was a man after God's own heart, except in the matter of Uriah. And yet this incident, David seems to take no action whatsoever. Seems not to almost care about Tamar. Well, anyway, let's see what our speaker has to say about this and how he answers the question. If you've got any questions or comments that you'd like to leave for us, please do so. You can either leave us a message or perhaps a comment in the comments area. So I hope you enjoy this uh, Bible Q&A. Thank you very much for listening. So the question is, after Tamar was raped, David was very angry, as recorded in 2 Samuel 13, but he didn't take any action. There were no consequences for Amnon from his father. Tamar was given refuge in Absalom's house, but it appears from the account David took no action to comfort or protect Tamar. In a recent exhortation, the speaker quoted from 1 Kings 15 and verse 5. David did that which was right in God's eyes, except in the matter of Uriah. Why didn't Tamar count? Why does she not matter to David or to God? She was just as vulnerable and unprotected as Uriah, and I think about her life afterwards, and it may have been very desolate. So, my response, which is when the time starts. Soberingly, isn't it? Rape is a very serious and terrible crime. It is terrible both physically and psychologically. And Tamar did suffer, and she suffered greatly, and I agree, she is likely to have been desolate. And yet she shows incredible courage. She shows a calm attitude in the fear of quite severe danger. And I think she shows faithfulness in the face of adversity. And all of this, she's a remarkable example of how we can faithfully respond in the face of injustice and adversity. Now, I've brought us to 1 Kings 15 because we need to understand what it's saying in its own context, as been remarked by several brethren already this evening. What 1 Kings 15 and verse 5 is not saying is that David's only sin ever was in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. That's not what 1 Kings 15 and verse 5 is saying. Doubtless, David committed many other sins in his life. You see, the context of 1 Kings 15 isn't really about David at all, but actually about the kingdom of Judah. And the point being made here, let's just read from verse 3. The subject of 1 Kings 15 is Abijam. Uh, and we see that in verse 1. And of Abijam, we're told that he walked in all the sins of his father, Jeroboam, uh, which he had done before him, and his heart was not perfect with Yahweh his God as the heart of David his father. Nevertheless, 
For David's sake did Yahweh his God give him a lamp in Jerusalem to set up his son after him and to establish Jerusalem because David did that which was right in the eyes of Yahweh and turned not aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life save only in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. So the context, although it refers to David, is about the kingdom of Judah as opposed to the kingdom of uh, Israel in the north. You see, Abijam's transgressions, his sin, was every bit as worthy of uh, the, the crown being taken away from him, his own family lineage being cut off and the crown being given to another family, as happened about nine times in the northern kingdom of, Jew- of Israel. And yet, although Abijam does the same thing, it's because of David's faithfulness that the crown never leaves the family of David. So it's about the crown and it's about the kingdoms. Uh, and the reason is, is that given is that David does that which is right in the eyes of God. And by the way, we can pick out that phrase in the opposite in, in the record with David and Bathsheba twice. Once, uh, once, 2 Samuel 11 and 2 Samuel 12, we have David doing that which is evil in the eyes of the Lord. It's displeased Yahweh in the King James, but it's evil in the eyes of the Lord. So it's a direct opposite. And the commanded bit is very interesting because in, in 1 Samuel 12 and verse 9, Nathan the prophet says to him, Why have you despised the commandment of Yahweh? Uh, it's the word for devar, but the principle is the same. The only time David directly transgressed the commandments vis-a-vis the Ten Commandments was when he committed murder and when he took the wife of Uriah. Uh, and that is the point that's being made in 1 Kings 15. So, uh, you know, I repeat, it's not the only sin that David did. Um, as to why David didn't take any action against Amnon, well, that's quite a separate question. You know, the similarities between Amnon's sin with Tamar and David's sin with Bathsheba are remarkably striking. The two records are put side by side. They're even connected in the, in the narrative for us to look very carefully at what both men did. And it appears to me that David's own sins uh, with Bathsheba and Uriah prevented him from taking any action against his own sons, Amnon, then later with Absalom. You know, the point is almost in his eyes, who was he to judge? But we cannot infer from this that David didn't care about Tamar. And we can certainly not deduce that God didn't care. You know, if God were to intervene in every occurrence of man's inhumanity to man, who would stand? And I believe that a crown of righteousness awaits Tamar. And I think we can learn a lot from her faithfulness. And my final reference on this question is to quote to you from 1 Peter But if when ye do well and suffer, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps.